The Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Now I know that I may have gained the reputation of being a bit of a Grinch around here. Though to be fair, I don't think anybody has as much Christmas joy as Pastor Sarah. I think that you are part elf. But the truth is, I love this time of year. I love being with people. I love the sense of anticipation. And most of all, Claire, I love the music. We sing the best music this time of year, music that speaks to the deepest parts of my soul with words full of faith and hope and wonder. Of course, not not every Christmas song makes me feel this way. In fact, there is one song that I can't stand. It's not Alvin and the Chipmunks singing Christmas music, though Penny 
has been asking Alexa to play that almost every day, and it's, boy, it is something. (laughs) It's not even Dominic the Donkey. Do you guys know this song? See, Annie just discovered it for the first time this year, and it's been playing on repeat over and over and over in our house. Now, there's one song, one song that every time I hear it makes me want to yell. Mary, did you know? You've heard this song, right? Mary, did you know? that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Mary, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nation? Listen, if you like this song, I'm not poking at you. I'm not making fun of you. And I understand that the question that this song asks over and over and over again is probably meant to be rhetorical. But the reason this song drives me up a wall is because every time I hear it, I just want to shout, yes, of course she knew. Read the first chapter of Luke. It's right there. I feel so much better. (laughs) This morning, we heard that Mary knew. The angel Gabriel appeared and told her that she would become pregnant in a divine and mysterious way, that the baby she gave birth to would be the son of the Most High, that he would sit on the throne of his ancestor David and rule over the nations forever. This wasn't in our reading this morning, but when the angel left, Mary hurried to go visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant in an unexpected and miraculous way. And it's while they were visiting together that Mary sang some of the most powerful words in the entire Bible. We call these words the Magnificat. We heard them this morning. They're fierce words, full of faith and hope, full of defiance and resistance, full of daring and confidence. And so this morning, I thought I might rewrite some of the words of Mary, did you know? (laughs) Not all of them. And fear not, I'm not going to sing. If you want to hear something that rhymes, then they have to come to church three weeks from now, right, Pastor Sarah? But there are things I wonder if Mary knew. Like, Mary, did you know that the words you spoke would shake the thrones of power? See, when the British ruled over India, the singing of the Magnificat was discouraged in churches there because its words were deemed too subversive. There was fear they would help to spark a rebellion. Reportedly, on the last day of British rule in India, Gandhi asked that the words of the Magnificat be sung and read in every place where the British flag was being lowered. 
In the 1980s, the Magnificats became the song of hope for those resisting tyranny in Guatemala. It was a song of resistance as people sang about the lowly being lifted up and the powerful being taken down from their thrones. During the military junta in Argentina, when the country suffered under terrorism and violence, as thousands of people were being disappeared, the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo used the Magnificats as their cry and inspiration, calling people to nonviolent resistance. Throughout the ages, these words have been a source of hope for people living in oppression and fear, people who are waiting for God to make the world right, for the lowly and poor who suffer injustice, for those seeking reassurance that God sees them and their struggles, that they have not been forgotten. Mary, did you know? Did you know that your song would inspire Countless women. The words she sang are the most spoken by any woman in the New Testament. And when Mary said them, she joined a long and proud tradition of faithful women who praised and sang with boldness. Women like Miriam, who stopped on the far side of the Red Sea after God had parted the waters and led the people in a song of praise and thanksgiving for God's deliverance. Women like like Hannah, who was told that she needed to let go of her hope, but who trusted in God anyway and saw her hope fulfilled and who composed a hymn of praise and exultation. Women like Deborah, a prophet, the only female leader mentioned in the book of Judges who led the people to victory over an enemy that wanted to harm and oppress them and who wrote a song of blessing to the God who had protected them and set them free. Women like those who went to the tomb early on Easter morning who refused to abandon Jesus those women who dared to proclaim the seemingly impossible even though they were dismissed and disbelieved and who became the first witnesses and preachers of Christ's resurrection. Miriam and Mary and Hannah and all these sisters show us that despite the ways in which the church has historically marginalized women, keeping them on the sidelines, relegating them to less important work in the church. In Christ, all are one. Our God-given equality cannot and will not be denied. That in so many ways, women have served as an example of faith throughout time, and women have been and still are full partners in God's work and in the unfolding story of God's love and salvation. This morning, I wonder, Mary, did you know that you would change the way we talk about God's blessing? In a world where the word blessed is used to describe wealth, 
health and material gain, a poor peasant dared to call herself blessed. In a world where blessing is used to describe only the good things we experience, the things that benefit me, a young unmarried woman who found herself pregnant outside of marriage and who would, because of that pregnancy, now risk gossip, judgment, being ostracized, her life falling apart, and could potentially, under the law, even be put to death, that woman dared to call herself blessed. Mary reminds us that God's blessing comes in many forms. That the blessing of God is often something we experience despite life's circumstances. The blessing of God does not always make life easier, though it does make life fuller and richer. Jesus made clear that the bad things we experience, like grief and loss, persecution and illness, that they're not a sign of God's favor or disfavor, God's blessing or punishment. Faith doesn't guarantee that bad things won't happen to us. The promise of God is that we are blessed even when things are falling apart. Blessed because we get to know God. Blessed because God remains with us, abides with us, never abandons us, even and especially during times of difficulty and need. Mary, did you know any of this? That you would teach us what true faith looks like? I mean, even after her conversation with Gabriel was over, surely she still had some questions, right? I certainly have some questions. Of course, she wanted more information. Of course, She was confused and looking for answers. And yet none of that kept her from saying, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Her questions didn't prevent her from saying yes to God. Her lack of understanding didn't keep her from still trusting God. You see, Mary shows us that faith is often born in the darkness. Faith and doubt often exist in the same place at the exact same time in our lives. And we can ask, how can this be? Even as we also say yes to God. It's okay, as I told our children, for us to sometimes be full of confusion and doubt and to wrestle with faith. That's part of the process part of learning how to trust God even when we don't have answers, part of learning that faith is about embracing mystery. It's trusting despite the fact that we do not and cannot know everything, and yet we still abide and believe and hope. Mary, did you know that your life would give us hope throughout time? Because if God can act in your life, then maybe God can act in mine. Listen, I know our lives often feel ordinary and normal and mundane, 
full of everyday routines and habits that can become rote and tiring. God knows my life often feels that way. And yet it was in a life exactly like that, the life of an everyday woman from the middle of nowhere, that God's love appeared, that God spoke, that God acted to bring salvation and grace and healing into the world. Mary reminds us that the extraordinary and divine at any time can touch even the most ordinary and mundane lives, including ours. So there you have it. That's my song. I expect to hear it on the radio very soon. (laughs) Could be longer. I have more questions for Mary. Maybe one day I'll get the chance to ask them. But until then, my hope is that our lives will be full of the same faith and courage that Mary had, and that we'll say yes to God just as she did, resting in the sure confidence that God loves us and Jesus is for us and our Savior has come to set us free and make all things new. That is something that Mary did know. And I hope you do too. Bonnie, did you know? Frank, did you know? Lynn, did you know? Edie, did you know? Thanks be to God. Amen.